0: Welcome heroes to the Kirt Academy. I am your host Justin. I'm your co-host Ian.
1: And I'm your co-host Camden.
0: This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, new and reusable material for both players and DMs.
2: We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure.
1: Our show may not be suitable for young children but neither are our D&D games.
0: I think moving forward we have to decide if we're going to do a voice because I feel like I just let the crew, let all our patrons down and all our listeners down because Camden just rolled into that like fucking smooth butter and I'm just my normal boring voice. Man. Minus ten cool points for Camden. This episode is brought to you by our generous Patreon donors. If you do not know, Patreon is a membership platform for creators to build relationships with their most loyal of fans known as patrons. It is a tier-based reward system that allows you to support your favorite creators for as little as $1 a month. In exchange, you are offered exclusive content based on the tier you select. Uh, we got all kinds of rewards. I'm not going to list them all because there's a lot. Go, to, There's actually some that aren't even listed, apparently. I was looking at it and I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff that we still do that's not listed. Brandon's it's not on there for one
2: and there's like giveaways of the adventures yeah. the chats the live shows
0: yeah so uh, <laughs> I, I really probably should do something about that <laughs> but uh, yes check it out the big one being the live stream you, we've got patrons joining us today um, so thank you guys for joining us. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, Brandon just finished uh, a huge commission uh, for artwork. You can find his art, pricings, and some samples on our Facebook page. His full-body color art for 20 bucks is an amazing deal. So check it out. It really is. So thank you for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter.
1: Yep, that's right. Your roles are like a world without mutants.
0: Like the Men. You know, at first I didn't think so, but actually there's a whole section just for like X-Men type power stuff, which is pretty cool. So we got a really great episode for you guys today. I'm really excited about it. I've been wanting to do this for a while because believe it or not, I got this book. The uh, Metamorphica was shared with me by Oricon's Lair like a year and a half ago, and I'm just now getting to talk about it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Before we get into the show, we like to really start on a really high note. Um, Every week we give away uh, amazing uh, adventures, compliments of our sponsors, who are all creators on the DMs Guild. And our first giveaway is from Goblin Stone.
3: Each episode we will draw one lucky subscriber's name and they will win the five-star rated adventure, Banquet of the Damned. Compliments of Goblin Stone. Goblinstone is a community project for D&D fans based out of the UK. They aim to be a place where you can team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high quality products and give every fan a chance to get published. Be sure to head over to www.goblinstone.com or you can check out our fellowship link on our website www.critacademy.com.
0: Camden, who's our winner today?
1: Our winner today is Me1Yoda.
2: Me1Yoda. Mm,
0: <laughs> so congratulations, Me1Yoda. Uh, if you enjoy the adventure, please leave a review. Let Goblinstone know what you like, what you didn't like, and help him improve his products moving forward. Um, our show, I'm really excited for our show. I've already briefly touched on our main topic will be Metamorphica, you know, mutations for your fantasy adventures. Um, and before you think all X-Men on me, there's a lot of things that involve mutations, which definitely makes for, uh, delivering really good, um, variation to your game.
2: Like a face for a butt.
0: (laughs) We also, we, uh, also have our, let's talk about blank segment where you listeners can submit questions to us and we answer them here on the air. Ian, where can they submit questions if they want them to appear on the Let's Talk About Blank segment?
2: Well, they can have quite a few things they can do here. They can like uh, message us over Facebook. They can send us an email at CritAcademy at gmail.com. And they can poke around through our website. Yep. Tweet us. There are our options.
0: Yeah, definitely lots of options. And, of course, we have our, our tips and tricks segment where we bring new and reasonable content for you guys each and every week it includes a lot of stuff a dm tip a player tip an encounter idea monster variant character concepts you, you <coughs> name it we've got the goodies we're like we're like uh we're like D drug dealers actually
2: the first one's free
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 but before all that we have in the realm where we spend a few minutes talking about a little bit of what's going on in our realms uh camden what's going on in your realm
1: um, lots of stuff, uh, continued with, uh, a new game, uh, that I started a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago that I'm DMing, um, Ooh. with a group that is entirely, uh, improv comedy people. So that's been that's really awesome. The RP has been really, really silly and awesome. Uh, other than that, this past weekend, um, I helped produce some music for a friend of mine who is making K-pop um he'll be coming out with those soon that's cool we're looking for any of our our weeb listeners (laughs) who want to watch out for k-pop that i'm making (laughs) (laughs)
0: um uh kenny he says the first one's free patrons can agree with that (laughs) i like that sarah also says give me that good shit (laughs) i think she's chasing that
1: white dragon uh ian what's going on in your realm
2: well, I have going um, on my realms. I apparently on Thursday get to go down with a reporter to Detroit to shoot her diving into a shark tank.
0: What that's kind of cool. gun? What kind of gun? Shoot her in a shark tank? With a camera. Oh, that's far less interesting.
1: <laughs> Yo, How- Sam proposed.
0: Oh! <gasps> Congratulations, Sam. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I will send you a sympathy card. (laughs) Damn. What?
1: Way to rain on his parade, man. (laughs) It's not rain. That's urine, buddy.
0: Damn. (laughs) No, man. In all seriousness, congratulations. Getting married was one of the best things that happened in my life. Um, That's great. And I hope that it goes as well for you.
2: For me, it was a great nine months. (laughs) The three after that, not so much.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, it's not funny, but I can't stop laughing. (laughs) Yeah, Brandon liked getting married so much, he did it three times. Wow. (laughs) Fuck.
2: (laughs) That just went downhill very fast.
0: Uh, Just like his first two. (laughs) I love you, B uh well well
2: sam better luck to you than us apparently yeah right (laughs) and justin was going on your realm.
0: um thank you for asking ian uh i just spent uh sunday yesterday with my wife we went and seen the broadway show the lion king awesome good one and it was awesome now I didn't cry like I did for the cartoon when when Mufasa died. Oh, spoiler alert, if you didn't already know that. From, um, from 1994. But, well, I still cry when I watch the old cartoon, but the, the the um the that's the one part of the show that the the Broadway didn't capture very well is I didn't I didn't I didn't couldn't feel it. You know, I couldn't feel the Long live the king! As he like throws him into the canyon and shit. You know, that really didn't well, hit be, me like it did. Well,
2: let's be fair here. That wasn't James Earl Jones and uh, Jeremy Ironson.
0: That's true. But uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm not a big theater person. My wife is. That's one of the few that I recommend to anybody if you have any sort of history with that show. Or even if you don't, it was really good.
2: You may have enjoyed Avenue Q way too much.
0: I did enjoy Avenue Q. <laughs> if you have not seen uh, Avenue for Q, you probably have seen their work. The Internet for Porn with the old World of Warcraft video is from Avenue Q. So yeah, a lot of stuff getting done with yeah. puppets there that uh, I'll never um, I have to gouge my eyes out.
1: But uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So I think that'll do it for In the Realm. Camden, if they'd like to visit other realms, how can they do so?
1: Why they can go to Audible uh, where they can redeem their uh, 30-day free trial and a free download right on our website at critacademy.com. Uh, you can click on the Audible banner and uh claim your book.
0: Yeah. Alright then. I'm already on the second book of uh Aragon Eldest and man that if you are looking for some great inspiration Holy crap, how they do magic in that and how they describe magic of like touching of the minds and stuff is so awesome. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, All right, so moving on to our next topic, we have our Let's Talk About Blank segment where we answer listener submitted questions. This comes from uh, Josh Snowden. So my group uses the milestone and XP, but the XP isn't for leveling. My milestones? Just make sure they're capable of staying up to speed. The XP is to purchase legendary items from a mystical dealer in a black overcoat. When approached, all he mutters is a gruff, What are you buying? So, this isn't so much a question as I thought was an interesting topic. What are you selling? (laughs) Um, Camden, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this sort of mechanic.
1: I think that's. I think it's pretty cool to offer legendary items for XP and using XP as sort of a currency an in-game currency in and of itself. Um, I think it's a. I think it's a really great idea. Um, it's a cool alternative to uh, simply planting legendary items mm-hmm. throughout your world. Um, I think it's a great idea.
0: What
2: about you, Ian? I think it's a great idea. In fact, that kind of reminds me of uh, something I read online where a guy actually adapted the uh, Dark Souls games to fifth edition. But one thing he carried over from there is the fact that the uh, experience, if you will, also doubles us currency. And I actually found that interesting because that actually is kind of a uh, they kind of do the same thing in earlier editions too of D and D, where gold actually doubled XP. So.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You like? Can you like trade it in?
2: No, no, gold is XP.
0: <laughs> oh, so you sell your gold to level up? No, you sell your okay, gold. Okay, then I you don't go, get you down. what you're <laughs> Oh, okay. I get you. So that your 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 wealth determines your power. Yeah. So if somebody robs you, you're fucked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> somebody broke into my mansion and stole all my goodies. Hey rogue, why do you say five little high there, Elson? I don't know. <laughs> don't free from everybody. Um there's a couple reasons why I like this idea. First, one of the, the my personal issues with everyone gaining experience uh, at different rates is people start to outlevel people. Now you could argue, well, that's the reward for the person showing up all the time, uh, or that's the person that that's the the reward for me giving out a bonus experience to the person that role plays. But in the end, if that person starts to outshine the rest of the players, you start to pull away from their fun. That being said, I've always been a fan of the Milestone because, okay, you guys get to this level, boom, you've leveled up. Now I can build the counters accordingly. Okay, boom, you've leveled up, and and, and I can drive the story that way. The fact that he's using XP as a a currency for purchasing means now that when I give that bard a little extra experience for all his role play, it is another tool to encourage them to do that. Because it's one thing for everyone to just be, all right, I attack. Oh, hey, look, I found a sword. It's different that in order to get that sword that they have to work towards it by playing to their character's strengths and weaknesses and their character flaws and um, the strategies that they come up with. By turning it into a currency, I can now leverage you do a good job playing, you get fat loots instead of fat loots drop whether you're a good player or not.
2: I guess the advantage there too is it helps each player get the items they want.
0: Yeah. You can make it like a, like a, a wish list for them. What do you think about that, Camden?
1: Uh, That's an awesome point.
2: Kenny's like, you like the idea of this uh, dealer being a god in the sky, like trading your life for power. (laughs) (laughs) And Sam does prefer people to be at the same level for
0: simplicity's sake. Yeah, I agree 100%. Sam says uh, XP spent to make something desirable available to be purchased. Doesn't buy it for them, but does make it exist and be within reach.
2: That almost sounded philosophical. Yeah, I know.
0: Anyways, um so yeah, I think this is a great idea. I would love to use this and I might even try to implement it someday. Um uh, I think the only challenge that I would have is the value. What is everything worth unless you just treat XP the same as gold costs, right? Yeah. I could see that. Okay, that would make it that would make that issue kind of non non issue. So I think this is great. I would love to see it. If you've used anything like this, please, uh, or some variant of this, um, please send us an email at uh, critacademy at gmail.com and tell us about it. I think that'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment. Now on to the the big meat and potatoes of our uh, Crit Academy sandwich here. We have our main topic, the metamorphica.
2: I don't want french fries. You want french fries? But, before
1: before we move on i do need to acknowledge that 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 father tate did qualify me being a freeloader as me being editor of the show <laughs> and that i have the last word and what goes into what
0: like yeah. literally yeah literally <laughs> like oh this part ed said and they read i'm just gonna cut that shit out boom <laughs> <laughs> Um, You might be asking yourself, what is Metamorphica? Well, this is a book created by John Stone Metzger. Um, If you're not aware, uh, in our show notes, there's two versions of this. The classic version... There's a link to it in Drive-Thru RPG. You can just click and it'll take you right to and you can download it right now. It's free or pay what you want. And then he has a revised version. I think that's uh, uh, for sale. You can pay some money and purchase the whole revised version. But um, So if you want to follow along with us, you can do that. Um, or you can go to our show notes and click the link and uh, go and pick up the product yourself. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's very valuable. This book is a collection of biological, psychic, and you know, supernatural mutations, all grouped into you know different tables, so the results can be D and D randomly generated, right? Yep. Using uh, using some dice, which is awesome. Uh, these tables can be used to generate random mutations, um, and different mutant creatures, or um, maybe descriptions of these mutations can be used as uh, an influence to spur the creative mind that you have, because if we're all D de- D and D players were all very creative, right? Wow,
2: you know, it just occurred to me this would be a great thing to supplement the uh, RPG Gamma world.
0: Um, actually, uh, and I'll I'll touch on that. This oh, actually, I'll go ahead and do that. No, oh. this actually is very system agnostic. There's no, there's no outright rules for each thing. It's left up in the air so that you can apply whatever rule you think needs to go with it, which. You think would be more a whole lot more work on your, but it's not really. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, the Metamorphica has uh, been designed to work with a variety of different types of uh, role-playing game campaigns and from top secret government experiments and post-apocalyptic wastelands to the four color superheroes and the exotic sorceries of dark fantasy and because of this it does not contain any specific rules you and your gaming group will need to decide exactly how to use these abilities and features that are best represented for your rules of play now that being said um, when you go through these you can actually kind of uh, if you're the DM ahead of time, maybe highlight the ones you don't want or cross them off or something. Sure. Because it might not fit your campaign. Um, but for the most part, they work pretty well. For me, this is now going to become my number one source for monster variants and character concepts. Because, holy shit, there's so many options here. I think you're, you roll your page on like a one to a thousand um, for these options. And they're, they're broken up into many different um, categories. We're going to talk about the different forms. The first one that uh, comes into <laughs> that comes into play is they have this big list of body forms, quote unquote. And some of the stuff on here is pretty uh, out there, and others are not so much. So, um, like some of the options for body form comes with like headless. That's I've never thought to just make a monster that I have headless, and maybe place like the mouth or the whole other body parts somewhere else. I
2: have a zombie, not where do I hit it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um are any of the is there any on there that really jump out at you, Camden, that you think would make for an interesting uh, monster?
1: Um mutation? I I was drawn to alternate locomotion, which means uh it's, on, it gets around oh, differently location. than something like it normally would. So if you have a humanoid creature, um you could make it move on all fours. Like you know what crab walking is?
0: Yes. I used to do that in school, like lay on my back and walk yeah. backwards. Yeah, exactly. So
1: you're on all fours, but your back is your butt is towards the ground. Um so you could have like a freaky zombie creature that moves like that, kinda like the grudge, you know? Yeah, I'm
0: kinda of reminded of, of uh that, that chick from uh the the stupid uh possessing what was that uh oh that, there was a down exorcist <laughs> yes that one thank you the the, the, the one you know <laughs> where she's like coming right. down the stairs all creepy her head's backwards and she's on her back you know um and and that's a really cool one there's actually other uh uh types of locomotion you can do as well maybe maybe the creature doesn't have legs and it just bounces that's how it gets around it bounces <laughs> 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 maybe instead of uh you know having like um legs your kobold has you know like snake and it slithers around you know or maybe that just teleports or hovers you know
2: or has pseudopods that's interesting wacky <laughs> um but i guess that's the point right ah yes taylor mighty pythons silly walk mm.
0: <laughs> um some of the other ones on here that i think that are uh, really interesting um boils and sores anybody can run into you know uh, uh, let's. I'm going to use a goblin for an example because that's something that we run into a, lo- a lot at like the lower levels. You run into goblins, and you always want something to make maybe the boss goblin stand out a little bit. Giving it boils and sores. That's a that's a simple mutation that'll make that monster stand out when you're um when you're running a a, a, a game. The players are likely to you know remember something like that.
2: I like that they have ice docks.
0: like a uh, beholder. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, so you, I, can, I can see, like, a random creature that just, instead of, it's missing an eye, so it's, like, got a, like, or missing its eyes and it's got growing eye stalks coming over top of its head, maybe. Oh, great. Nothing but the anime parasite. What, what is that? that that's, a good, that's a good example. Doesn't that eye just kind of move out throughout its entire body?
2: In its head, or yeah. Is, well, it, well, the main character is, is, is the hand.
0: Oh, okay. But other characters, it goes around the whole body? No, just the head. Oh, okay.
2: Except for that one dude. If we had five parasites inside him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: him. Did, have you guys watched uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, the anime, at all?
2: No. It's just us two.
0: Yeah, I know that's sad. Um, there's a guy there that can move his organs wherever he wants throughout his entire body. And so I just imagine like having eye stalks that travel through your body and your eyes go everywhere. Same thing in uh um with other parts of your bodies. It doesn't have to just be eye stalks, you know. You could have uh, you know, a tongue that just like grows out of random parts of your body, or uh maybe the ears are in a different locale, or maybe your ears are like running off of a giant stalk, you know, and you can, you know, pu- 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 put them underneath doors and shit.
2: It's like, How about just a pig
0: leg? And uh, some of the other uh, body forms on, anything else that really, ca- any of these other uh, body forms really catch your eye there, uh,
1: Camden? What I think of, um, looking at uh, multiple limbs, like extra limbs and the alternate locomotion stuff, I think of um, a lot of the new Underdark creatures in Morden Oh, You could really, like, you could really make those guys wacky with a lot of these.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Ooh, internal weapon, that can be fun. That could be crazy. You can come <laughs> with a lot of cool shit with that.
0: Yeah, like Wolverine claws. <laughs> yeah. Except for instead of claws, they're toenails. Like X twenty three. Like what? Like X twenty three. Oh, do they come out of her? Two of them do. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Um, and then kind of the last one I want to talk about <laughs> is my my uh my my personal uh favorite is the genitalia, Ex- exotic genitalia. Um, so at first you're thinking, well, that's kind of weird, but you know, this mutants, you know, sexual organs, and inc- uh, it gives a kind of brief description in the book. It says this mutant's sexual organs include unusual shapes and structures <laughs> and may include erectile tissue in various places all over the body or in strange locations. Uh- okay. Not going <laughs> to lie, but that makes me think
2: of what, was a parody video of su- Superman. I about to get out with Louis Laney, L- 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 Jeff Stroud. What the heck is that? It's my dick. But it has pincers (laughs) Why does it have pincers To hold you
0: (laughs) Well there's an old movie When I was a kid (laughs) called Species Did you guys ever see that I know of it Or even an alien Didn't uh, Ripley get it on with an alien Well that's complicated
1: It's It's complicated (laughs) Yo shape of water though
0: Oh, uh, I have not seen that, but I've heard uh, about it. Spoiler I alert! <laughs> I
2: think everybody knows. Hey, the movie. Fuck! <laughs> I think everybody knows that.
0: Isn't that guy supposed to be like a god or something? Or I some, don't know. Some BS like that. But anyway, so um, there are like hundreds of different body forms you can pick, and they they give you different things to touch on uh for each one. Um, something as simple as a hunchback to you know boils and sores and being headless and stuff. So. Yes, master. Um, and some of them are even more functional. Like this one says, "gliding membranes," right? Like a flying squirrel. Like a flying squirrel. I was thinking dragon. <laughs> flying squirrels too. funnier, <laughs> I suppose. Um, and you could really have you know use for this. Nothing says it has to be like wings, right? No. It could be like like you say in the squirrel, where there's a like a membrane between their you know their hands and their their feet, and they jump off and they don't fly, they glide. But you know. Still very a cobalt that could glide with like little membranes in between would be funny. He just drops drops rocks on people and shit. (laughs) Um, what what's the next one there? We got there, uh, Camden. The next options.
1: Uh, body functions.
0: Anything in there that uh, (laughs) feeling no pain jumps out. Feeling no pain is a a pretty big one, right? So, if that if I was to roll that up, we would actually have to come up with some sort of mechanic for it. And in 5e that's really easy, right? They're just resistance, right? Relatively. Or immunity, right? Yep. Um so that's pretty uh pretty interesting.
1: A couple that uh jump out at me are prehensile hair. Ooh, that's
0: like uh that means it can grab stuff, right? Yeah. Right. Oh man, that's ter- that's terribly frightening. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty wacky.
2: That's actually a feature of the witch from uh, Pathfinder. Is it? Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> She's got like f- like hair coming out of her armpits and it just grapples you hey I- i've often said i'll play a dwarf and witch just so i can take a prehensile hair ability and literally kick your butt with my beard <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be aw- that'd be an awesome mutation like i can like envision like a dwarf who's lost his arm getting his beard enchanted <laughs> so that it can like choke a- choke somebody or-, or or hold its own hammer a <laughs> beard yep, that I, holds its own hammer. But the common yo, thing yo, though I, was
2: he actually used your intelligence instead of your physical stats. Uh, uh, we when you, when you grappled. So it's not uncommon for people to grapple with something with their hair, then cast fly, uh, fly up, and then
0: drop up. Just drop them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yo, what if Tate could grab stuff with his beard?
0: That is a monster. He'd be he'd be he'd be turning into uh, Wayne Brady and have to choke a pitch. <laughs> 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 oh, I miss that show. That would be awesome. Who's but- lying? Uh actually it's from uh Dave Chappelle show. It's really old show. God, I'm I'm getting old, man. Uh but I can't can get into that one. But but it turns he's like the super nice guy and then it turns out he's got like all these hookers and stuff and then he's like no. bub, bub, bub. <laughs> hey hey hey, you got my money? <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. You don't got my money? Is Wayne Is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bit? I mean, I'm not violent. I don't I don't <laughs> I'm going to have to get out of this car. Too. <laughs> he's like just just sit with me, Dave. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Ah, ah, sorry, I kind of derailed for a second.
2: The only dis-sketch uh, I ever man. got into was on the very first episode where you put a blind black man who's a white
0: supremacist. Yes, that was pretty hilarious. Um, Sam says a Wookiee. Now, that would, be, that would be an awesome, uh, awesome kind of character concept or, or bad guy concept. And I might actually make something out of that because that's pretty cool. Um, so some other uh, bodily functions that come in this massive table that I really thought were interesting were um, secretions. Um, something that... We often run into monsters that have these different effects when you, like, touch them or something, right? So adding uh, adding a f- uh, a, 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 an effect like that to a creature that doesn't normally have it can be very interesting. Whether you give a uh, – let's say you give a Cyclops a secretion that gives him the same effect as the uh, Mimic. So when somebody touches him, they're, like, stuck. Oh. And then when well, am I tries to kick him. Uh, uh Guys. <laughs> guys. <laughs> he, he stands up and he's, like, dragging you by your foot stuck to his belly or something. Um, or you could get something a little more um, less direct, and maybe it he secretes, like, a smell that's toxic and makes you barf and makes combat a little more difficult. Or, like, oil make them slippery. Isn't that... There's a monster that's like that. Is that the troglodyte that does that? Could be. That has, like, a smell, smell attack or something. It just smells like shit and makes everyone all woozy or something.
1: Um, I... I do know um, there's a creature in Volos called the Boggle um, that I actually Boggle. made as like an NPC pet that is guiding my, uh, my PCs in another game that I ran. Um, and they are able to secrete stuff out of their bodies that they can control uh, oh, to be cool. sticky or slippery depending on what they need to do. Oh,
0: that is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. So good. They, they can st- they can shoot uh, like a sticky goo, pretty much. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so yeah, you can actually go quite far with this, and some of these uh, these functions aren't just about giving them new features, but can also be used uh, to to drive um, uh, motivations. You know, the one that jumped out at me is it's called infertile. Um, this creature can't breed. Um, so how is that going to affect the creature's behavior? You as the DM, if you roll an option like this, you have to think, okay, if this creature's infertile, what is it going to do? Is it going to be pissed off because of it? Or is it going to have to go look for a mate when normally it doesn't have to do that? Um, is no mate going to want it? So it ends up just, you know, wreaking havoc because of that? Or does it try to find ways to fix it? if it's a it's a, a smarter uh, an intelligent beast is it going to try to find a solution to 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 fix its infertility and that's why it's doing all these bad stuff because it's trying to find a way to you know fix itself
2: oh ah, so, crap why did my brain go there
0: usually you got to follow it up with where your brain went
2: <laughs> um it was uh some random comic where this one creature was cursed to be but it was like constantly horny but it had no dick <laughs>
0: i got lopped off because it was in a exotic location (laughs) so it was always mad (laughs) uh what else do we got out of here for body functions that looks interesting like i said i only put a few on this list but there are hundreds in the in the booklet um this one's interesting frog tongue giving uh giving a creature a frog tongue um i can uh if you were to give, uh, Camden, if you were to give a roll this up and get a creature a frog tongue, what kind of features do you think would it would gain from that?
1: Mm. You could give it like a thorn whip mechanic. That's I a guess. good one. I could see that. That'd be cool. Um, In, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of because you you could do a certain amount of damage, probably like bludgeoning damage or something, and then they can pull it.
0: Yeah, that's or, a good one. Things closer um, to it. In, uh, in one of the X-Men movies, didn't Toad, like, use his tongue to get around? Yeah. Like, it would lash, like, really far yeah. away, and he'd drag himself, so giving him a higher mobility. A waste of Ray Park. A what? A waste of Ray Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could see him using it as, like, uh, get the, using the tongue as to give the disengage action as a bonus action. So, you know, he, uh, he can, like, whip his tongue around and, 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 and jump around and stuff. So, um, you know, these, these different uh, functions breed... Ideas. Oh, Sam says, "Give it the Sentinel feet. I love that. Whoa. Like, if somebody tries to—that's the one. If somebody tries to get away, you stop them, right? Something like that. If you or if you opportunity attack them, it stops them. Yeah, I think that's what it does. Um, so that's a really good one. I like that. Um, and maybe even add on it, they get a chance to successfully grapple too, um, with a contested check or something. Um, so that'll. Uh, so uh, the next one we have here is uh, there's a big table for mind behavior. Um, any of those jump really out at you there, uh, Camden?
1: I like, so these are just like, these are behavioral things. I like, um, it, rolling up like a super paranoid creature that has nightmares and thinks every, everyone's out to get them. Doesn't mean he's wrong.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, don't me, Kevin, some of uh, phobias. Yeah, we'll move into that one in a second because that's another one that's on here. Um, with the paranoia, you can really touch on to that from a story perspective. That um, maybe he's this this person's doing these bad things because he feels somebody's after him, or if he doesn't, you know, do this over and over and over. If he doesn't do what he's got to do, something bad's gonna happen, and that that would be a good one to drive a good person to do potentially bad things, and. Could create like a, a moral ambiguity, a very moral ambiguous situation um, because often paranoid people, um, well, I guess it would depend on the paranoia, wouldn't it? Yeah. Whether they would be bad or good. But uh, I think you could leverage that as a, they're not really bad, but what they're doing is because they're afraid for their life, right? Are you you? Uh, Sam says, can be a good way to feed uh, underlying story into the players. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, phobia. Oh, there, yeah. You can do phobias for uh, dozens and dozens of things. And actually, this gives you a chart of 1D100 uh, for what they fear and some of those objects for those phobias something as stupid as blood <laughs> apparently blood is on this 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 uh chart
2: it's a real thing though so yeah
0: it is so can you imagine how you what if you're like born into a barbarian clan and oh my gosh and he has a, a phobia of blood so now the players come across this this you know big giant you know berserker quote unquote from like a stat perspective but he hides so he can avoid you know oh avoid blood or
2: <laughs> potentially funnier the big Burly Barbarian character is afraid of
0: ducks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't even know the last time I had players run into a duck, but that would definitely be a good reason to do it. A um, oh, duck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so, yeah. There's other things, too. Like, uh, this one says, afraid of disease and infection. So I can see the person, like, taking up herbalism. Like, I could you see that as part of, like, if I did that for my character. If I rolled in my character while... Uh, I got a fear of diseases, so I'm going to learn, you know, herbalism so that I can, you know, protect myself. You know? Ooh, fear of pain. Ooh. That would be great for, like, a conjurer who's, or an abjuration wizard. Don't hurt me. Who always is about, you know, afraid of pain, so he's always putting up words around himself. Not in the face! Not in the face! <laughs> <laughs> Taking, like, all defensive spells and shit. Because um, these, while these are, are generally designed for, like, the DM to make... uh monsters and npcs with you can easily use these to build uh, a character concept and which a little, i think is fantastic
2: and a few that we didn't quite touch on too are we're someone on behavior right yes
0: is there one that jumps out at you well, well we did kind of cover berserker a little bit already addicted drone breaks down well yeah let's talk about them not just name them off they can read them yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I like the addicted one. Um, something that I, I maybe you, maybe it's happened to you, Camden. Um, I haven't really had a lot of, like, drugs in my game where I've never had a character who's addicted to something. Well, it's, generally, it would be a drug. but Clearly, you've not played Shadowrun. <laughs> but it could be something else. And, and having an addiction could make a character very interesting because now so, if somebody figured out what that addiction was, they could leverage it.
1: That make for uh that make for an awesome uh story arc. Oh, okay. that would.
0: Hey, how uh, anyway. to help him overcome it?
2: Hey, my guy, that 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 alcohol.
0: <laughs> what is, what yeah. is it? To, he goes, y'all, y'all got some crack? Scratching <laughs> yeah. at himself. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. We here at Crit Academy do not endorse drugs. No, we don't. We are fans of uh, dare. I don't even remember what that means. You remember what that means? <laughs>
1: You're gonna you're gonna take the D bus downtown and meet a gentleman named Martinez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Anyways, I say addiction. It could be maybe some there's some players I met that their characters have like sexual addictions where they every time they're in town they got to go to the whorehouse type of thing. Or gambling. Um. Or gambling. Gambling's a good one. So you can do a lot with that sort of behavior. Ah, um, bourbon toe. Ah, love me some good bourbon toe. That is a hell of a. Didn't we do a, like a character concept with addiction? Was it like a, a catnip? Could be. Cat yeah. Cat fever or something like yeah, that. Yeah. The backseat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, some of the other things that they talk about here narcolepsy um, behavior. I think we've even had a character concept on this, too. We did. Where the barbarians just like charging in and just like. <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine how the players would react if a giant, beastly cyclops started charging at them, maw in hand, and then just topples over in front of them and just lands down? Huh. Okay, like would they think would i mean would you would they assume it's a trap <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe um, oh, Tate got us, man, what so the Cyclops listens to the show
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny, yes, it is. Okay, that's a little bit funny. That's pretty funny. That's a little, we don't want to say pretty funny because then we're going to encourage it. And if there's anything I learned about dealing with children, you don't want to encourage it. It's
2: Tater. Anything we say or do encourages <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, there's one other one on here that I want to talk about before we move on, and um, that's transgender. Um, honestly, this isn't something that I've covered in my games that much other than I've had one or two players do it. Um, but having a monster that acts one way in, in opposite of their, what's assumed to be their gender, I guess, would could make for a very, excuse me, a very interesting NPC design. Not because, um, uh, oh God, I don't know how to word that without pissing anybody off. fucking uh, well, be- political. Yeah, because it can, it, because it creates a different, um, dynamic. Yes, thank you. That that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um because I know that um I've done the the, the very flam, flame flamboyant character but Hello. never one that I never considered that they actually just think they're they're some they're another uh believe they're another gender or they are another gender. Um so I definitely think that could add a little bit of um interest into your game especially if it's either uh if it's a player character.
2: Ooh. Okay, says how about just try making look like another monster and I can understand this one, too, to a degree. And Sam also says, like, he doesn't want well, to sound sensitive, but doesn't necessarily see a need for it either. And I can see the argument both ways for that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can I can, I can, can see that. Because,
2: let's face it, it is kind of a hot and button topic these days, too.
1: Yeah. But so that, to speak to that, there's really not a need for any of these, you know? Yeah, True. I would agree. These are just... These are, it's, it's, something, it's simply something to consider to add another layer to your NPC, especially if it's a more intelligent NPC to just make it seem more real. You
0: know? Yeah, I agree. And, that's, that, and that's, the, point, that's the point of any of this sort of stuff because we're all about trying to add uh, layers. Like, they're onions, right? They're ogres, right? They've got layers. And the more layers you add to them, the more unique that those characters are and the more that they stand out to the players. As
2: Taylor says here, add some flavor. Some seasoning,
0: <laughs> like salt. I love to add salt.
2: But I suppose like anything else, uh, it depends on your group.
0: Yeah, and keep that those sort of things in mind. But like, like, like Wizards of the Coast, we here at Crit Academy promote and love all. And yeah, if you want, you're a dickhead.
1: You wanna, <laughs> you like you that one guy, go watch today. If you want a trans narcoleptic ogre addicted to crack, fucking go for it.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is going to be our next monster variant bonus. <laughs>
2: I- ah, there. Strahd as Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror.
0: Oh, I love it. See, now that's the sort of shit that would just throw off your players. If they're expecting one thing, you know, you show up with this, this big book, because they always see the big books. They know they're running Curse of Strahd, and freaking Frankenfurter shows up. <laughs> that's going to definitely change the tone of that game, but is going to catch them with their pants down. I probably could have phrased that a little differently. Oh yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so there's a lot of different behaviors, like I said, there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of these options. So um and some of them are is is, is obvious like or some of them are a little more obvious like a code of honor. But uh what was that say? Ooh,
2: what about no gender?
0: Ooh, a eunuch. I like that.
2: That that's not necessarily Yeah, kind of Yes and no. Don't
0: they just chop off their junk?
1: But they're still a dude technically. Yeah. But they they're they're still considered male. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I see, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yes, but no, mo, no gender could be a good one. Godzilla doesn't have a gender.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, <laughs> we should. I, I really want to cover Morden Kanan's in an upcoming episode, but they there's a ton of lore in the new Morden Kanan's yeah. about the drow. No asexual.
2: <laughs> that's not the same thing. Asexual is like zero sexual attraction to, to anything. <laughs> Right. I
0: was just saying that when I watched Godzilla when I was a kid, they referred to him being asexual because he didn't need anybody to have sex You're sex
2: referring with. to the 1996
0: American Godzilla don't, movie. Don't don't judge my taste in shows, boy. I am. Whatever. These <laughs> <Japanese laughs> ones, they usually <laughs>
2: portray as a dude.
0: That's because that's what's in there. There's a dude in the suit. So they're always going to call him a dude. I guess you're right. They didn't call him the queen of monsters. (laughs) No. (laughs) Malthough, you're looking fabulous today. (laughs) Not Uh, darling.
2: Where'd you get those wings?
0: (laughs) They go perfect with the eyes. Um, So (laughs) we'll go on to the next section there. Uh, (laughs) Mind cognition. Um, So this is more of a a, a mental um, sort of thing. Um, well, I guess it does say that it's mind, right? Uh, (laughs) more about cognitive functions of the character, which once again, honestly, is something I generally don't think about, but when I started reading this, I got really interested. Like something is common is dyslexia. Um, I never thought to give a character or a monster dyslexia, but now I might like if I roll a low INT character and just pretend he reads everything backwards and can't put it together. Right. I think that that, not that dyslexia is something to, to make fun at, but adds uh, uh, another interesting uh, character. I almost said something that I probably shouldn't as a radio host. Uh, makes another uh, layer of uh, reasoning of why your character might not have the have writing skills or have good communication skills. Um, give On the opposite end of that, giving them an eidetic memory. There's actually background that's something like that, if I'm not mistaken, or is that a feat that says you never forget something? Eidetic I memory? Not in 5th edition, anyway. I could have swear there was a feat. Oh, no, it's the it's one of the, the backgrounds that when you travel, you always remember everything in that area. Yeah. That's close, though, I think, but it's specifically tied to that. And it's also. Ah.
2: ADD. Of course, the way some players play their characters. That's, <laughs> That's not uncommon, is that what you're saying? Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I, I do agree that uh, Sarah and Sam both do make good points. They do. Uh, Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that stuff, Camden, the, the gender bender stuff for the Well, We're going to have to get into that. I'll tell you what, I'll try to order that book in the next couple days. You don't? Cool. Oh, wait, no, I Do don't I... have it. Wait, Do you have it? I'm trying to remember. I have it. I think yeah, I have but it. you having it doesn't help me. I think <laughs> I have it. <laughs> If you have it, bring it, so we can look through it. Maybe we'll, we'll do some episodes through. Well, it. I, I know what they're talking about, like the uh, elf options. Yeah, the gender bender stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, so uh, other uh, uh, mind uh, cognition type things is you know linguist aptitude. I've never really thought to give an NPC many other languages other than maybe their race and then the common, um, but that can make for an interesting character. Who uh, that that knows every language or knows many languages? That would suck. Yeah. Insomnia.
1: A, poly, a, a polyglot wizard character that is like on the verge of insanity would be kind of cool. And he's, uh, he or she is in the town library and is like borderline, borderline unapproachable, like awful social skills. And you can't, you can hardly talk to them, but like knows everything and in any language and is able to translate anything. And just spends all day in the library. I do recall I once had a
2: changeling, Scion, in the uh, 4th ed, who, well, knew every language. So I could imitate any race. Ooh. It was fun.
0: That would be really good if you go with like the actor feat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just acting. your actor in general, but it would go really good with the acting feat. Um, Sam says an NPC may communicate in describing scenes and, player, uh, and players need to... Figure out what the meaning of the scenes describe. That's interesting. So they're trying. So like, is that like kind of like talking charades, <laughs> or mute, or a mute? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, and you mentioned insomnia.
2: Yeah. Um, that would make a long rest suck.
0: One of my favorite characters in Naruto is Gara. And he suffers from severe insomnia. Yeah, and it it causes him to temp- go kind of crazy later on. Um, well, yeah, mm. and I think having a, a monster that exhibits those same um, those same features, like his eyes are you know all baggy and dark, and he's you know it looks like he's hopped up on drugs, and and you that can lead to subtle clues to about the character without ever saying that they're insom- they're an insomniac.
2: Ooh, Tater! An NPC seems to have a speech impediment, but it's actually another language. Oh snap! Or Sam, like a cryptic puzzle, because the NPC may have a mental, maybe mentally disabled.
1: That's awesome. I, have you guys seen Tim Burton's Nine? Yes, I have not. Okay, Tyler so he was
2: just a producer, not the director. But good day. Yeah, I still, I still <laughs> consider it a Tim Burton film.
1: It, it is my favorite film that Tim Burton was. Involved, involved with, yeah. Um, but uh, Justin, it post-apocalyptic world. Humans are gone. All that's left are these machines, and there are these little ragdoll people who are the good guys, and they have to save the world. Basically, that is your synopsis. But yep. um, there are two uh, stitchpunks. Um, there's a uh, one of the characters. So all the main characters are numbers. Their names are numbers, and there's. A one of the numbers, uh, one of the characters' names is six, and six is incredibly unstable and not really the best at communicating, and and has something going on similar to what Sam is talking about, where he communicates with symbols and pictures, um, and part of the movie is him figuring out exactly what he's trying to say. Oh, which is pretty cool. That, that does sound really cool.
0: Um,
2: what? Uh... Oh, that or that one. Uh... Tribute in the second Hunger Games book. I don't remember. Like she would make irrelevant comments, but if you actually paid attention, there actually was a hidden wisdom beneath. All their comments. Tick tock, oh. tick tock. Um. Wouldn't the it end up being at, like a clock? She, she's only forget forget that at first, but couldn't communicate it.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I actually fell asleep during those movies. <laughs> uh, I didn't like them so. <laughs> Like I said, uh, I'm me and my wife aren't exactly on the same page with shows, but uh, um, so the last thing I wanted to 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 talk about as far as the the mind cognition is one that showed up was called transferring of memories. Um, I think that that's interesting. Um, I know there's spell some spells that do some uh, like. I think cloning does something similar where you transfer, like, your memories to cloning or something. Or is it semi... semi, semi I can't say that stupid word. Oh, you can break it.
2: You can break the games out hard with that spell if you're a high-level wizard. <laughs>
0: uh, but um, having a character who... And, and so so uh, a changing enemy. A transfer of memories. When you slay uh, an enemy and you run into another one that starts mentioning... Some events that occurred when you fought this other person or this other person you were chasing and I can see you go an entire campaign chasing and fighting the same person who turns out to be all these people you've already fought who you just thought were like uh, maybe like uh, some lower minions and it turns out that it's the same guy who's been transferring his mind into other creatures or other other people and you've been taking taking on his challenges the whole time. I think that would be an interesting uh, interesting concept. Oh man. You could even do like a through time campaign.
2: Go all Doctor Who on it.
0: Yeah, that could be cool. Um all right, so I think that'll uh do it for the mind cognition. Hey, uh, Camden, any psychic powers jump out at you?
1: Think um, I did that Doctor I Who? I also really like the transfer memory ones. Uh, um okay. go ahead. You could also do uh you could also do a similar idea where you you can actually suck memories out of people mm. um, so that they forget. It's kind of a forced amnesia. Yeah. That's That'd awesome. Pretty crazy. Pretty sure there's that, a that spell falls, that
0: does that too, right?
2: <laughs>
1: I guess that falls that falls into the next category. but
0: Oh, does it? Psychic powers. Oh, power yeah. Psychic powers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, there's some really good stuff in here, and once again, they don't give, like specifics on how they work, but in 5e, you can find, like, spells or existing monster mechanics that line up pretty close with some of them. Um, but giving random powers to different creatures uh, can really change their flavor. Like, this one is cryokinesis. I think cryokinesis is awesome. It's, what is it, like, you can just make ice and shit, right? Is that how that works?
2: Yeah. Correct.
0: Because pyrokinesis is fire. Um, and, and rolling something like that can totally change the way a, okay, this, um... This Cobalt now has Cryokinesis. So, which features can I add to him to make him really fit this? I can give him an Aura of Ice, and that chills everyone. Um, you can give him like an AOE attack equivalent to like Fireball, except it's ice damage. You know.
2: Well played, Sam. Psychic Paralysis.
0: Recover Grapple by a main player. Ooh, I like that. That's pretty dope. That is dope. I wonder if he read the monster variant.
1: Hmm. <laughs> so it'd be like it'd be in, it'd be contested the mind flayer would obviously use its intelligence instead of strength
0: right right for sure psychic that'd paralysis be,
1: that'd be That's nuts so cool.
0: um the other thing that i really thought was out here was psychic mirror now at first i was like well what is that is that like is that just the reflavoring of shield spell but then i thought i was like what if the psychic mirror created a like a mirror that somebody looked at and it reflected like their most horrid horrid nightmares you know or like their 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 darkest secret gets revealed and it, it, it frightens them or something along those lines.
2: And the one I kind of like too is a uh, illusionary surroundings.
0: We had a monster variant with something like this, didn't we? And it worked great. Yeah, I think Gabe uh, Gabe brought a, a illusionary cube or something. Yep. Where it did this, where it affected the the terrain around you around the creature, so it looked like a big old mass pile of gold. And in fact, it wasn't. You were just in a cave and about to be devoured by this cube. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, what are some other ones on here? Um, they got this death field thing on here. I thought that was interesting. Um, in the, in the, the description, it says the mutant can physically leech the life forces from everyone that's within a certain range of it. That is awesome. So it's kind of like I could easily see you reflavoring and re-even skinning a, like a troll. That you weaken its regeneration ability, but then also cause like area damage to everyone around it. I think that would be awesome. So, like I'm saying, they, these really give a lot of uh, a good ideas to 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 spring from as you just roll these dice. Um, any other psychic powers we wanted to talk about? Anything that really you think is interesting or
2: oh. enter mind could do some fun stuff.
1: Yeah, I, th- I was going to say I was going to go off of that off of mind and be like um, being able to predict like the very near future and being able to if to say say you're fighting a monk type NPC um, and they're able to actually predict your movements.
0: I would say that that would be a great reflavoring of the shield spell. Because yeah, they could, be awesome. they could foresee it coming. They can instead of an energy shield popping out into existence, you almost move with uh, superhuman speed as you react to this motion that's happening as you push like their blade out of the way or something, and or give your enemies attack disadvantage. Or give your th- see that's cool, but, but I broken. think would be less of a less of a surprise. That's why you give to a villain. Yeah, man. But they so they so while these don't come with innate um, descriptions on how they function mechanically, they still can spark some really creative uh, um, monsters and, and even character concepts. Um, there's one more here that we have to go through, and by means what we're talking about isn't everything that they have. These are just some samples from these areas. But the next one is supernatural abilities. Um, Now, originally when I thought this, I was thinking, well, everything in D&D is supernatural. This went a different uh, direction than I really uh, anticipated. Um, For instance, the one that I really liked was uh, Demonic Phenomena. Uh, I originally thought, like, oh, you know, like the thermaturgy cantrip, you know, random, you know, doors open and and shut and shit like that. But in this uh, list, they have a roll of uh, 1D200. and pick a phenomenon and some of them are simple like a high pitched note but then you've got another one that says you know a bile of blood fill the mouths of others around you holy shit <laughs> or clocks and watches cease to mark time that's a that's another pretty pretty simple one but how about birds fly backwards <laughs> what like these are like environmental changing like effects, and I think that that's really cool. There was another one that says a bunch of dead babies appear in a doorway or something. I don't know where that one went. <laughs>
2: Come play with us.
0: Dead children appear in a distant doorway. <laughs> it's so disturbing. What do you think, uh, Camden?
1: Uh, I like all these. These are all. <laughs> of them. Um, I, I'm, what immediately comes to my mind for some reason is the finale of the last airbender oh god what an amazing amazing tv series when ang just you know fucking holds uh the fire lord by his head and his shoulder i think Mm-hmm. and is just like poof your powers are gone bye
0: <laughs> that's cool
1: um, um, i think that'd be i think it'd be that'd be a really cool like high level thing <laughs> if you had a big bad who is able to, like, um, steal a spell slot from someone or something.
0: Oh, dude.
1: That'd be pretty cool.
0: I think we just made a new spell. That <laughs> sounds awesome. Is
2: one of the options here? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I think that might be specifically what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. So, the other thing that I, I don't think I've played enough around with is crossbreeding. Um... Mixing and matching different uh, monsters in the monster manual to get different effects. Um, I think the closest I've done is just rip parts from them. But I've never thought, hey, what would a Cyclops merman look like or or something, you know what I mean? Something along those lines.
1: That's another thing. Another thing to consider, especially with humanoid playable species. I feel like the half species are very like androcentric. Everything is half human, half something. Right. Not half like, human, half orc. Half yeah. human, half elf. Half human, half whatever. You know what? Be, M- Monster variant. play with other 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 combos. Half horse, half orc, Centaur. Goddamn.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on, that's
2: awesome, right? You know, I that, thought that a variant mine cool. of a. Picture a centaur, only so like uh, the top half was, was a guy and the bottom half a uh, horse. The bottom half was like a, a rhino body and top half was a gorilla body.
1: Ooh, I like that. Oh, I've seen that. That's like a that's like almost a meme that's been circulated. <laughs> but it's still cool. Lot. It is pretty cool.
0: That's uh, a hork.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: nice one, Sarah. Um, uh, damn, where was I at? Uh. So this other one they talk about is density control. Um at first I was trying to think, well, what vision, what would, yeah, I, I made that connection after the fact. I said, well, what does that really mean? And I thought of uh, vision from uh, Marvel. So I'm like, well, how would you translate that into like D and D five E And first rage would be a good one. You can instantly gain resistance to some stuff, or maybe you become super heavy. So if you grapple somebody, you just fall on top of them and pin them to the ground. They can't pick you up. Um, but what what would be the reverse of that? Would you be able to 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 undensity it? <laughs> what is the technical word from that? Make it less dense? Yeah. Um. And what happens? Does it float? Become lighter? You get. Well, he uses it to pass through objects. Ooh, that's a good one. That's how
2: how he was phasing into the uh, Ultron.
1: Oh, that's awesome,
2: Anderson. So that's a you really can also. Cool one.
1: A, a cool mechanic for that would be if you're making something lighter, that means it's easier to move around, which means it's within more characters' carrying capacity, Ooh! which means if you can get it light enough, a mage hand could carry it. Oh, that's cool. Because I like that. Because it, it is stipulated the mage hand can only carry up to 10 pounds. Right,
0: right. But if you could alter so. its w- w- density. Would alter its density really make it lighter, though?
1: Yes. So if it's staying the same size and the density goes down, it gets lighter.
0: Hmm. Well, somebody needs to have a talk with uh, Ant-Man and how his science works, because it doesn't... Cause right. it, <laughs> in Ant-Man, isn't the whole logic the reason he hits so hard when he's small is because he keeps his mass? But, yeah. but well, then like, when he gets giant, he can lift, like, trucks, but he shouldn't be able to. He should still be Yeah,
2: they, they kind of always hand wave that in the movies. They kind of adjust a little bit more in the comics, but...
1: Yeah. Just like yeah, wave, wave it away. Yeah, um, we could talk about the science of Ant-Man all day,
0: <laughs>
2: or rather, the lack thereof.
0: Um, right. <laughs> uh, one of the other things on here was becoming two-dimensional. Um, this was interesting, and I think we've had a discussion about, like, the shadow on the show before. Um, in one, one of the old, like, quote-unquote hero movies, the guy could, like, meld into the wall of a shadow and become, you know, just two-dimensional. So I think that would make for uh, an interesting uh, NPC as well, something that can blend into the wall or pin himself up against and slide through small crevices and under doors and stuff.
2: Ooh, think how easily he can cut stuff in half.
0: Like, just thin his hand? Yeah. So does that change the density then? Is because it it's still no. going to hurt if he tries to chop it in half? Unless he's like the karate kid. <laughs> um, but I really... I, overall, there are just thousands of combinations that you can just roll up randomly. Um, obviously... Um, a lot of these would require some finagling, trying to get the, the, the features right and matching them up with current features because, honestly, I personally never recommend creating your own custom features because they can easily be unbalanced, but finding stuff that matches up, that can fit, whether it's something that's completely just flavor, like, you know uh <laughs> your 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 body form you have you know eye stocks that could be just flavor. you could be like, uh what's that stupid guy we always talk about jar jar yes, like jar jar it. it's completely completely visual, it doesn't change nothing and has no other function other than you look ridiculous and people will stare at you when you walk around um
2: I love how the web chemic and droids, which we told Star Wars movies as a web as a d and d game mm-hmm. their explanation for jar jar guys. I have to watch my sister. Can she play a character?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think you've actually touched on that a couple before. I have. Um. So it's funny. It's funny. Um. So overall, what do you guys think of this this resource? It hey, can play a lot of flavor to the game.
1: I think it's awesome. I think it's a great source of inspiration. I Big agree. Big to John Stone.
0: Yeah, John Stone Medsker. Uh, you can find his uh, – so in our show notes is a link to the Metamorphica, the Classic, and the Revised. The Classic one is a free and pay what you want, um, while the Revised looks like it's far newer and has pro- probably had some updates and probably some stuff added. But um, uh, check it out in our show notes. Um, and definitely, if you come up with something super cool and unique by using this generator, let us know how it goes, if it's a custom monster or just a variation of one that already exists, or if you use it as an, uh, a player and you know, tell us how it goes. Uh, this just jumped out at me, I don't know why sleepwalking could you like have somebody that like, sleepwalks and robs people <laughs> he doesn't even know he's a thief that'd be funny <laughs> um, so I think that'll do it uh, for our main topic today the metamorphica, definitely check it out he's on the drive dot rpg.com so if you do like it, please leave a review um, as we have built good relationships with a lot of the DM's guild that is one of the most uh, best things you can do aside from giving them a monetary uh, donation um, because it helps it helps get their, their word out there. So definitely check it out And tell us about all the cool stuff you make. You can email them to email your stuff to us at critic at Please. Yes <laughs> um, So before we move on to our final segment, uh, we have one more gift to giveaway compliments of lore Smith.
3: Each episode, we will draw another lucky subscriber's name and they will win the best-selling adventure, The Claws of Madness, compliments of Lawsmith. Lawsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places and meeting colorful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss.
0: Ian,
2: Who is our winner today? Our winner today is DJN. Now the eight.
1: When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. You gotta take a stand, it don't to
0: hide. Or de Jern. Either way. Like De Or Dijon. 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 Congratulations, Dijon 98! Uh, if you enjoy the adventure, please head on over to loresmith.com and let them know. Leave them a review. Tell them what you liked. Tell them what you didn't like, and help them improve his product going forward. All right, now to our secret sauce of the show: Sriracha. Um, no, our on tips and tricks. I like hey. Sriracha though. Sriracha is good. That's good, man. Let me tell you about the explosive destruction that i had after eating some hot stuff the other day man i love hot stuff oh. man my body hates it i'm at no ghost wants pe- to
2: hear about that just uh, i'm at ghost pepper sauce i
0: like sharing though mo- i was raised to share so <laughs> but that also means share too much what
2: i also like go- go- ghost pepper hot sauce
0: oh man that melts my insides yep <laughs> uh, apparently i can't wait to make it to our next patreon pals to show us how to dance um <laughs> i like on move it move it um, so, Sounds like a deal. <laughs> so oh, our nice. first UTT is our character concept. I titled this simply, The Scorpion.
2: Get over here.
0: <laughs> this character has extremely long braided hair. And at the tip of the braids are daggers, or a dagger. This character uses the hair like a whip and lashes out with the dagger at its end. Um, now this actually is a character I have ran in the past. Um, it's completely designed to be around flavor and not functionally an extra arm. Um, when I was running it originally, um, just part of my normal attack was describing the intricacies of the, the weaving of the blades and the, the whipping of the hair as it slashed and, you know, and I'll tell you what, there is nothing more satisfying than critting and decapitating a person with your ponytail. How about with your beard? I had considered that after, after we talked about it. I was like, you know, that's very similar to our character concept today. Um, I didn't think about a beard until after that fact, but you could just as easily do a, a beard or like a tail or something like that. But the original idea for this is, is a character that wants to be that, that spin to winds kind of fighting wild fighting style where they've got just kind of blades everywhere as they're flailing about. Um, how do you guys envision a, a, a character like this functioning? Like Medusa from Marvel Comics? That's a really good example. Yep. Not like the crappy movie that came out or the TV the, the TV show that came out, but like the real Medusa where her hair's like all wild like and alive. Yeah, that show should have been way better. Yeah, it should have been. Uh, Marvel let us down.
2: That's what I love that as a movie, like it was originally supposed to be.
0: Ugh. New York Tater just said, I'm down with giving a double whipping. <laughs> of course. Camden, what do you think about this?
1: Uh, This is an awesome flavor for like a chaotic, neutral, rogue um, type character. Uh, I don't know. I'm envisioning kind of a uh, kind of a bandit mercenary type character for this.
0: I can see that. Um, My character, um, (laughs) she was a uh, handmaid, actually, and she wasn't allowed to wield weapons um, obviously you're, when you're a slave, you're not supposed to. So she had tied this heavy weight and constantly was practicing, you know, swinging her hair around. So when she got out, um, she was her main primary source of damage was this, the only way she could learn how to fight. And that was by swinging her hair around. Um, and that's kind of where this came from. And I really liked it. Um, it was very dorky. Uh, now, obviously, I did not gain any mechanical advantages using this. Um, but don't get me wrong, I tried. <laughs> Many times. Um, but it's a simple idea. It's a lot of fun. And you mentioned it being like a rogue character. It it really didn't have to be. Um, I think that... Uh, Easily it could be like a short sword wielding uh, uh, fighter type class. Can't get much bigger than that. but Or or you can even just say it's a dagger and that's part of your do wielding or your whatever, you know, during your, your your flavor of your combat description. But slitting somebody's throat and like spearing them with your scorpion-like tail is pretty awesome. Oh, man, you should see her snack. Like she'd like whip her tail uh, ponytail across the table to grab like fruit and like gank it back and catch it. It's pretty awesome. God, I miss that character. Yeah, yeah. I miss quite a few characters I've played over the years.
2: I forget which character that was, but there was a character in an anime that they have like a scorpion like tail on the back of their head. Mm-hmm.
0: What was that? I feel like I've seen that.
2: I know. That's what's bugging me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't I see what you did there. Scorpion bugging you? That's funny. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, technically, um, uh, it's an arachnid, but anyway. <laughs>
0: <what>? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing me down with your, your logic. Don't do that. Don't ruin my fantasy. Like gravity? Oh, shut up. Gravity's not real. It's fake. <laughs> and the planet's flat, too, just so you know. Space force. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I, I had to. I'm sorry. Um, that'll do it for our character concept, the scorpion. Oh, you could even put poison tips on him. Ooh. Man, that would be awesome poison tip blades in your hair. That's great. Camden, do you want to take our monster variant? Sure.
1: Our monster variant of the podcast is the stupefying wyvern. Uh, with, uh, so it's a, it's a wyvern, but it has a special ability. The stupefying gaze. The wyvern targets one creature it can see within 30 feet. The target can see the wyvern. The target must make a DC 14 constitution save against uh its gaze or take four d6 psychic damage and be paralyzed for one minute Um, the target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns ending the ending the effect on a success if the target's saving throw is successful um or if the effect ends the target is immune for an hour
0: yeah so how do you envision getting the most out of this feature
2: well, the Avengers don't see it coming. That could definitely take by surprise.
0: Oh, because it's a gaze; they don't see it coming. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know if he planned that, but that's just funny. <laughs> uh, what about uh, you, there, Camden?
1: It's cool. This reminds me a lot of the Umber Hulk, the o- the OG Umber Hulk in the Monster Manual. Yep, has a similar ability. Um, I think this is. I think this is really cool. I think this is a good metagamer buster. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, not only will it throw them off, but keep in mind that the wyvern can fly. Yeah. So if you're right. fighting a wyvern, and you're in the air and it paralyzes you, Kunk. you're probably gonna fall. Um, so it adds. This is a great op- This is a great monster to add to like a a flying combat or at the edge of a precipice where it could paralyze you and just push you off to your death. I, I like stuff like this because. And players often expect that every fight is going to be a one two trading punches. And if your players ru- charge into combat without evaluating what they're fighting, abilities like this can really cause them to be caught with their pants down, so to speak. And can, unfortunately, not that I'm out to kill my players, but I do like to run a little bit more in challenging encounters. Um, but. Being able to utilize this in a way that if this monster knows it can paralyze people and then grapple them, if its motivations is it's hungry, it might just paralyze somebody and fly off. And because of that, it creates a whole new encounter idea, right? Because no longer is everyone trying to fight the critter. This critter is hungry. It's captured the small halfling and is now flying away. Uh, and the players have to rescue this person before you know they become uh, wyvern meat. I think that'll do it. I think so, too. That's a pretty simple one, but it's a fun one. Honestly, anytime you give any creature any paralyzing abilities, it's awesome. (laughs) That'll do it for our monster variant. Ian, would you like to take our encounter idea? I do, actually. Either read it or just paraphrase.
2: We have today the corpse mimic. Our heroes enter a local dungeon to find a lifeless corpse laying on the ground. Likely, they will investigate upon which a mimic comes to life. It's a press attacks one of our heroes. This mimic has found prime hunting grounds. Every time someone investigates, it attacks and takes on the new shape of the person it attacked. And it can be easily tossed into
0: any adventure. Yes. So if you haven't figured it out yet, I love mimics. When I found out that mimics can turn into objects and corpses are objects, um, this immediately jumped out, jumped out to me and how I never have used it before camden what do you how do you envision something like this working and what kind of how would you get the most out of it
1: I think it's pretty i think it's pretty straightforward um the the notion that corpses are objects and are no longer people no longer characters um is interesting this is this is pretty straightforward to me I think it'd be cool if you entered like a crypt with a lot of dead bodies. And Ooh. your your PCs are looting through. If if you have uh, particularly greedy penny pincher PCs uh-huh. who want to loot everything, it could be cool to um, either make a roll for it randomly or like plant the mimic in uh, as one of the dead bodies somewhere. I think that'd be really cool.
2: Or in the summer, they make a a coffin.
0: Yeah. They get a coffin, and they go to open it? Yep. Yeah, that's less interesting, because they, they they always suspect a coffin is trapped. They always suspect a treasure chest is trapped. Well, coffin, treasure trap, all have fat loots. But very rarely do they think, oh, that person, dead person is trapped. At least in my case, I guess, have you guys ever, how often have you guys come across a, a body being a trap? All the time, undead. Well, that doesn't really count. <laughs> I guess. I guess that does count a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> I didn't really think about that. I was just think. still that, a fun um, idea, though, because the mimic
2: is not undead. Because if you think Ooh. about it. Well, they assume the mimic is undead, but it's not.
0: Okay, and what?
2: So they would try to deal with it as undead by casting anti-undead spells, which do nothing!
0: Waste them. <laughs> um, so in this, the uh, the original idea I thought for this was that the, ki- the heroes are hired to lurk, search for villagers that keep disappearing. Um. And since I like to lure my uh, players into a soft, uh, a false sense of security, um, having the last adventurer get captured uh, and lost to this, to to this mimic, and now this mimic is laying lifeless on the ground as an adventure with fat loots all around it, you—if the players are looking for missing people, oh, that makes sense. It's on the ground. But what if you set it up as? The the this is just something they stumble across. It's in a con- in a corner that you mention in passing. You know, because generally, I feel like when you set up a, a quest line to hey go find this person, they're actively looking for dead people or alive people, but and that's kind of how I originally envisioned it. But what if instead? If you just kind of do it, it's just light in passing. It's not something you put a lot of detail into. Hey, um, you walk into this room. There's this, this, and this, and there's a dead, you know, corpse in the rolled in the corner, and you know, you know, whatever. And I think it's easier to get a hold of, <laughs> get a hold of them because they got stick, sticky to them. Uh, get a hold of uh, players and catch them unaware. Yeah. Something like that. Of course, then they're going to be paranoid poking everything with a stick from now on. I guess.
2: Which already uh, do with a temp pole. <laughs>
0: do you think they would think to do it immediate chuck another one immediately after like this entire mimic infestation?
2: Ooh, that'd make it paranoid.
1: All right. One notion that would make for an interesting crawl is if they are on a quest to find someone and they're dead and they come across the real dead body earlier on in the dungeon. And if they keep on going along in, in the dungeon, and they find the same dead body, like <sighs> maybe maybe a quarter mile down, and they're like, "Hey, wait, a second. that's weird. This is the person we are already sent to find, but who is that back there and then so which one's the mimic there. so the mimic would be the later one. you think so? yeah what if, if it didn't to I was, was to gonna
0: say, top. what if it didn't like change when they attack did it the first time?" And you get them on the way out after they've drained all their resources. You could do that as well. Because they wouldn't think nothing about it leaving. And hey, uh, that you noticed when you're leaving the room that the the corpse that was over in the corner is now in the center of the room.
1: Oh, and on their way out, the first corpse is gone. Oh man! And the mimic is waiting to pounce. Bum bum bum! I love Very it.
0: Crazy. I love it, especially with the false sense of security, because they passed it once and didn't do nothing. Maybe it wasn't hungry. Just like I'll get them when they come back and they're out of magic. (laughs) All right, I think that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast, The Corpse Mimic. Our magic item of the podcast comes from Baby Changeling, uh, one of our patrons on Discord. Uh, This item is very simple, but it's called the Lion's Maw. It is a shield weapon. Not a weapon. It is a shield. When you use an action to shove a creature while wielding this shield... And when a contested check, the lion embossed on the shield comes to life for an instant and mauls the target dearing, dealing 1d6 piercing damage. So, it's pretty cool. as a player who's always wanted to bash somebody in the face with a shield and get a little bit of damage out of it, uh, I always argue that it can still be used as an improvised weapon. So, it, it's ruled that way. But this is... A very neat and very cool weapon it's very simple and to the point and it makes you want to r- rock a shield even if you wouldn't normally how do you how do you see this looking as it comes out like i envision like some sort of like spectral spectral uh, uh image but i guess it could also just be like the shield itself like it peels itself off the shield and it, a, like a metal or wooden lion attacks
1: Mm-hmm. I envision it as this would be a really cool. This would be a really cool thing for like a knight or a paladin character, mm-hmm. um, where like the seal or the crest of your your patron or maybe uh, your your hometown involves a lion of some sort, and it like kind of becomes three D and chomps at him right. as you shove. Um, but that'd be that'd be pretty cool if the like actual design. There's like a an ornate design that has some significance to your character's backstory, oh, that would be awesome.
0: and you could change it to any animal really. It says lion here, but you can change it to a bear just as easy
1: that'd be super it'd be super cool if it was gifted to the player as um speaking of you know using x p as currency to give uh special items. this would be really cool as a gift. From an NPC that is significant to that character's backstory, Ooh. like, "Hey, you've, you've served, you've served your god well, you've served your town well. Take this as a, um, as a symbol of what you work so hard to serve wherever you go, and it will serve you well."
2: Make it a honey badger,
0: <laughs> honey badger. Uh, uh, New York tater says, Beaver. "Lion rampant from Scotland." That's a good one. Make it a beaver, yeah, a beaver, a beaver. Hit you in the face with a beaver. <laughs> uh, make it all covered in like the the fur and everything. Um, so, what I think would be interesting is that if the NPC gives the per- item to a player and doesn't know that it's magical,
1: that would be nuts.
0: So they don't know that it can do that until they bash somebody to knock them down with the shield.
1: And it and it.
0: Wow. How, how would you as a player If you just got this really cool ornate looking shield And then like three sessions later Bash somebody in the face And a damn lion attacks out of it Like holy fuck Now they might I don't, I'm not the type of player that would get upset That I didn't know that But you know if you didn't know I mean This, this, this shield has been passed for, in my family For generations And as a thank you to you and all the work that you've done I'd like to pass it on to you
2: Hehe, <laughs> tear this chipmunk.
0: Chipmunk, no, like
2: <laughs> or a squirrel.
0: <laughs> um, I like this magic item. It's simple, but I think you could get a lot of roleplay out of it. Um, even if, even if it's not that much damage, you could even lower the damage if you wanted. If you're if you're really gung ho about not giving shield bash any magic, but I think that it would be awesome.
2: Give it the glue around the ammo so it seems to move.
0: Ooh, I like that. Um, all right, that'll do it for our magic item. Camden, can you tell us about
1: our dungeon master tip today? Of course. Our dungeon master tip of the podcast comes from Jason Shores, Spread Your Love for D&D. You could be a better D uh DM by spreading your love for d d If you have the D&D starter kit, save the sheets or make copies of them. If you've finished with it and don't plan to run it anymore, Take your starter kit to your local Goodwill or other thrift store for someone else. I plan to do this as soon as I have enough dice and don't need the originals. If you want to get real fancy, print off some free adventure modules from the DM's guild to toss into it as well.
0: I love this idea, and I have seen many people do this around Christmas time. Because really, once you run the starter set, you're probably not going to run it again. In most cases. um, Not all, but if you're done with this... There's a lot of people who can't uh, afford entire sets and can't afford a lot of that stuff to get started or don't even know what it is. So yeah. turning it into like a, a Goodwill or a local thrift shop can really help spread all of our favorite hobby uh, to people who otherwise might not get an opportunity to enjoy it. Um, I thought this was awesome, and I can't wait for Christmas because I probably will buy a couple of these and turn them into Toys for Tots or something like that. Or Christmas. Or
1: for Christmas, yes. Uh. My, additionally, um, there's huge value in um, a, on top of the charitable stuff, which is awesome. Uh, turning your friends and family onto it. My my immediate family, my parents and my sister, are huge into Lord of the Rings, and uh, I tell I tell them about D and D all the time. They're like, "Hey, I'll run a very condensed." One shot with you with very simplified rules and you're gonna fucking love it. Gateway. Um, so that that is a goal of mine.
0: Yeah, check out Gateway. Uh, Oricon's Lair has a really simple you can get where it gives almost all the power to the players and to you um, with little or no rules, um, and it's great for that intro game. If they like it, then you can teach them D and D. But um, if you're looking for something that doesn't ex- require a bunch of explanations on how to do it. You just say you're good at this. You're proficient. You're not good at this. You're you you're not proficient or you're deficient or whatever it is. Like you have disadvantage on all checks related to that. And that's pretty much it. Um, I once ran it with him and I played a, a gun mage. Like I was like, what spells do I have? What spells do you want? I'm like, uh, w- I, what I don't know. <laughs> Tell me what you want and we'll figure out how powerful it'll be. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Hey there, what's that? Do forget Oops. Ryan. Find a school group nearby and donate to them. Oh, yes. That's an awesome one. Yes. We had... Uh, or local library. Or a local library. That's a good one, too. We had our... Uh, uh, who's now a patron, Ryan Torres, was on one of our episodes um, in regards to using D&D as a teaching tool. So um, to kind of go off what Jason Shore uh, submitted, you know, find, find... There's those opportunities to spread our hobby. Right now, D&D is bigger than it's ever been.
2: Literally. Um, this has sold more than any other edition.
0: Yeah. And, and combined, I think, actually. It's up there. Uh, it's it's insane, and so the more we can get out there, the more we can share what we love, and it makes us feel less nerdy when other people are doing it. Because I have <laughs> to I have to validate myself and not being a total you know nerd. But anyways, um, I love this DM tip, and you can take it as a play bonus player tip as well. Whoever you are, do it. Revenge of the Nerds has arrived. Thanks, Tater. Now on to our last and final unearth tips and trick. We have our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be a dick. dick. Track that HP without words. Um, now, Gabe didn't submit. This is, comes from Gabe Kleinart. He didn't submit it directly. Um, I Facebook stalk him, um, and I found it in a thread, um, and he was responding to somebody else, but I thought it was so awesome that I wanted to share it. It says, uh, I, re, I, re, I worded it to be kind of goofy. So, it, uh, are you a healer in the party? Does constantly asking a player for their HP bother you? Are you sick of constantly tracking everyone else's hit points? Well don't worry, we got the solution for you. You can purchase a bunch of Mardi Gras necklaces, and whenever a players drop below 25%, just add a necklace as a visual indicator. So at 75% of your max, you have one, at 50% you have two, and so on. uh, That way you don't necessarily have to verbalize HP out loud, everyone just knows at a glance. Just like their characters would. And you know roughly how severe someone's injured as a DM. That is awesome. That is so awesome because it, (laughs) as the DM, if I'm trying to make the, if I'm playing an intelligent creature and I want to know who's the most mortally wounded, um, I have to be tracking everyone's HP to know how bad they are unless they're chit-chatting about the table. But if I can just look up and see that Ian's got three little things on him and I see he's limping his little uh, scrawny ass around well, what's one more arrow going to hurt? You know, one less threat, right? Thunk. Uh, I think this is a fantastic uh, player tip. This helps not only the players, it helps the DM. And it can get rid of a lot of that sort of stuff. Plus, you look pretty baller. What do you think, Camden?
1: Uh, I think this is a fantastic practical mechanic. Um, I think any any visual aid will, will help out. It also mitigates, like... It, it mitigates the metagaming in in a in an interesting way this is metagaming in and of itself but it mitigates on top of the the bothersome like oh hey what are you at what are you at are you okay do you need do you need healing word what are, what's going on uh, and here uh,
0: comes Ian to interrupt saying it's not metagaming
1: I'm
2: trying very hard to not say anything <laughs> because he would. Uh, he
0: argues that because it's part of the game, it's not metagame. But
1: anyway, sorry. Continue. It it absolutely is, but it saves time is the big thing for me. Yeah.
2: Like usually when I, when I play, click click, I would just, just like have to play like just tell me what you think is the problem.
0: Yeah. Um. I have a hole in my stomach. Um. Uh. New York Tater says this is actually a topic of discussion on one of their podcasts. I didn't remember that, but I'm glad it is because it's an awesome idea. Yep. Okay, uh, how do you look? Well, on the Scarab when the 62 about a 19. <laughs> yes. Um and for a long time I tracked everyone's HP. Uh, I don't so much online anymore um, because it's too new. It's not a consistent mechanic for people who have never done it. Um but this I love this idea. Um I would love to do it. I might even get fancier where I break it up into colors, right? Like yellow, like like yellow is I'm okay. Like maybe like different like Spray paint the different sections and just rotate it as your health goes down, so it goes from green to yellow to to orange to fuck. <laughs> or maybe like,
2: like the uh, Doomsday Clock.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, follow the five, uh, five, five levels on the Doomsday Clock, right? Something like that. Yeah.
2: That's how many minutes to, to midnight till we're
0: dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I was thinking the alert colors.
1: That's not conversely. That's conversely. Be good to your healer. Yeah. And let use use your bonus action in game to call out to your healer and be like, hey, I I am hemorrhaging blood right now.
2: Technically that's a free action.
0: It depends. Okay, yeah, there you go. To know how severely somebody's injured.
2: To communicate you're injured.
0: To
1: communicate
0: it. Oh yeah, I would say that yeah it's a free. Uh, Only in my games it's not. (laughs) Hey cleric my um
2: my entrails are now (laughs) extrails (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh. um, New York Tater says Milestone patrons get Crit Academy beads <laughs>
1: Is that the e- same thing You e- miss Sarah's Mardi Gras reference
0: Show
2: me a beat I don't
1: know if that was a Mardi Gras reference I, assume so. funny.
0: I would assume I've never been So I just know that uh, the more hulas you have I think the more either you've drank Or how many times you've been yep. blowed
1: Oh, it, uh, or how many times you have uh, shown your nipples.
0: Oh, that that's what it is. So when you have a woman that's got a lot of them, or a guy that's got a lot of them, they've been flashing.
2: Uh- <laughs> yeah. oh, but, it it, but it doesn't have to be like, it could be like tokens that they could be putting on the table or removing.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Or like a Starburst, like the more you banged up you the are, the more you eat. <laughs>
0: Oh, we have a winner. Um, I love this idea. So, uh, Gabe, awesome idea. You are the man. Um, I don't care what Ian says about you.
2: I had no idea (laughs) what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I won't tell him. (laughs) I have the beads ready during his dance. We're not going to have the beads ready during your dance. Actually, well, you know what?
2: Very senior baby picture. Move on.
0: (laughs) I'll uh, I'll get some Monopoly money and I'll make it rain all over you. Or better yet, I'll get some change and I'll make it hail on you. How do you I can afford with, change. How do you make it work with Bitcoin? With Bitcoin? I don't <laughs> know. I'm going to make it digitally <laughs> rain. <laughs> um, so that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast, Don't Be a Dick. And you can avoid dickitude by helping track HP without words. Visually. Yeah. That'll do it for uh, on our tips and tricks. But before we close out, we have one more gift to give away. Compliments of Jeff Stevens.
3: It's been a long few days of travel, and the adventurers are tired of eating rations and sleeping on the ground. The road opens to a small town with an inviting tavern. The smells of grilling meat and ale fill their nostrils, and the sound of laughter and music float out the tavern's door. Unlucky for the adventurers, they've stumbled upon Dragon's Breath Tavern. What starts out as a pleasant evening of food, drink, and entertainment soon evolves into an adventure that takes the party into and under Dragon's Breath tavern. The adventure includes roleplay, exploration, combat, and a dice game called Demon Dice. Ian,
2: who's our winner today? Joe! Underscore, 902.
0: Congratulations, Joe underscore 902. You are this week's winner. If you enjoy the adventure, please head on over and let Jeff Stevens know. Tell him what you like, what you didn't like, and help him improve his product moving forward. Uh, yes. Um, no. Uh, so New York, uh, taters asking if I mentioned the new Twitter follower. Oh yeah. Um, Chris oh. Perkins followed us on Twitter and I about cream my pants. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like the Twitter response I have is like a guy winding, blowing himself. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my. And that's how I felt. <laughs> I was like, I was geeking out when I saw that. You have no idea. I was like, I knew they were watching. i going to get Mike Merrill's. Yeah. I'll, I'll work on it. Him and, uh, him and uh, Jeremy Crawford, huh? I don't know. I it's just it was awesome and excitement and and it made me it, it what did what did Alicia say that I felt like I needed to be validated by random people on Twitter? <laughs> oh, that's not that's mostly accurate. <laughs> so that was super exciting for me. I know that's that's geeky and in 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 Pui, but I was I was super stoked about it. So, yeah, he's not random people. I tried to explain that to my wife and she just she didn't get it. You know, I, And then I also explained it to my boss and the guys that I work with and the other people that I work with that I barely even talk to, um, and nobody could get it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that's weird. It's like a Steve Jobs follow-up man Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's all right. I'm good. I don't need Steve Jobs. You're both kind of dead, so. Well, you know. Anyway, <laughs> so Anyway, so was, I was super stoked about that. So, hey, shout out to Chris Perkins. You're awesome. Keep being great. Please join us on our next episode where we hear feedback from you, our heroes. We will be discussing the Unearthed Arcana, the three new classes. Um, they've got three new archetypes in there that we're excited to kind of walk through and give our class analysis on. Uh, by no stretch of the imagination, these are completed, but are still fun to talk about and discuss as a topic nonetheless.
2: I still miss my Phoenix Sorcerer that we didn't get in Sanisar.
0: Well, we can always go back. Yeah. Back in time. Or, or the Sharpshooter. Yeah. Uh, so, if you have any feedback on our tips and tricks or topics you'd like us to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at, critacademy at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Crit Academy.
1: We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice. Uh, you can also simply send us a message telling us how much you enjoyed the show, um, how uh, sexy Justin's voice sounds, um, yeah. etc. Also, be sure to give us a like and a
2: share.
0: Make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com so we can help you on your future adventures, as well as be entered to win cool prizes each and every week. you also find links to our awesome fellowship members there. If you have not checked out Interparty Conflict, um, Gabe and Jeff do an amazing job. They answer your questions to help bring you the best tabletop experience possible i absolutely love their show it's one of my favorites i did fall behind a little bit because of my stupid audiobooks um and i just got caught up today so that uh, cannot recommend uh checking them out of course you also have DD character lab if you are an obsessive compulsive person when it comes to creating characters they do it each and every week and then they argue their validity in game and it's fantastic you can also find uh links to our other fellowship members there including game master stash Oricons lair as well as all of our sponsors I am your host, Justin. I'm your co host,
1: Ian. And I'm your co host, Camden. Thank you for listening.
0: Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes. I cast magic missile. Me too. What's <laughs> well, about now? <laughs> What's about new? I'm, I'm gonna attack the darkness. <laughs> okay, you I remember I saw that when I first started playing D and D and even then I thought it was stupid. I'm like, I don't I don't get why it's funny. My friends are cracking up. I'm it's like well, so funny
1: though. It, it, but it
0: wasn't that was and it's so true. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> the Mountain Dew thing was pretty funny though. And then the big giant guy getting all upset because he wants to do the hookers. Um, <laughs> I got a plus eight deck of hookers you're not there! <laughs>